Perjury Karen. Well, we didn't know that we were going to be talking about this originally, but then yesterday it seemed that the entire right news cycle was taken up by Perjury Karen. But don't worry, because we're also going to talk, we're going to spend time talking about Ghislaine Maxwell and the Jeffrey Epstein Network that we know they don't want us to talk about. That's why they scheduled things with us. Oh, we can't talk about Epstein. We have to have this big special hearing, right? Before I do, I want to let you guys know that there are still a few tickets left. We have this amazing event, huge celebration coming down, right? Huge win, huge win. You almost, you almost might say that it was the biggest win of President Trump's second term that we've seen in the past week, right? So what better way to celebrate, what better way to celebrate than going down Tampa, Florida for an event that will feature both President Trump himself and Governor Ron DeSantis on the same stage, right? July 22nd to 24th, Tampa, Florida. Use promo code POSO, P-O-S-O, all caps, 25% off. Get your tickets, tposa.com slash sass. Be there or be out of the squared circle. tposa.com slash sass. Link in the description. Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard today's edition of Human Events Daily, powered by Turning Point USA. Today's June 29, 2022, Anno Domini. Today's top headlines... Perjury season. Surprise witness testimony. The Gen 6 committee immediately debunked. Guys, I got to say, I love this story. Next, a story I don't like very much. Jane's Revenge, these militants, apparently we've discovered they're targeting pregnancy centers using a map created by, you know, university professors. Third, Ghislaine Maxwell sentenced to 20 years in prison. Yeah, Ghislaine Maxwell, the Epstein Network. We're going to talk about it. And finally, the Supreme Court upholding the right to prayer, a Christian coach's right to pray at games in school. All this more ahead, Human Events Daily. If the president had gotten into the vehicle with Bobby, he thought that they were going up to the Capitol. And when Bobby had relayed to him, we're not, we don't have the assets to do it. It's not secure. We're going back to the West Wing. The president had very strong, a very angry response to that. Um, Tony described him as being irate. The president said something to the effect of, I'm the effing president, take me up to the Capitol now. To which Bobby responded, sir, we have to go back to the West Wing. The president reached up towards the front of the vehicle to grab at the steering wheel. Mr. Engel grabbed his arm, said, sir, you need to take your hand off the steering wheel. We're going back to the West Wing. We're not going to the Capitol. Mr. Trump then used his free hand to lunge towards Bobby Engel. And Mr. when Mr. Renato had recounted this story to me, he had motioned towards his clavicles. Oh, Cassidy Hutchins, the hutch, or as I call her, two sugars. Two sugars, you done messed up. You done messed up bad. You messed up so bad in that testimony. Not only did you screw up your testimony, not only was it immediately debunked within within seconds of you uttering these lies, not only that, you've got people out now coming and saying that you made false statements inherently, right? What do I mean by that? So there's this story. There's the story of, which by the way, I actually believe this story. You know what? 
Did President Trump steal the presidential limo? I'm going to go ahead and say yes. Yes, he did. He stole that limo. I saw him. I was there. I saw him steal the limo, right? He was doing bumps of ivermectin. An entire tube went down, at least seven, eight bumps. He started doing donuts on the congressional lawn. Joe Rogan was there flying overhead in a helicopter, dropping DMT on the agents as they tried to stop him. No, Alex Jones showed up. He had a tank, frogs piling out of this thing. And then, of course, me in the back, just throwing my pillows to anybody who wanted one. Because all I wanted, all I wanted was for people to get the best night's sleep in the whole wide world. Her testimony was so ridiculous that the memes about it have been hilarious. The jokes about it have been hilarious. But two sugars, you got a problem. You've got legal problems now. Because at one point when you testified that there was a note that you wrote after a conversation and you testified that you wrote that note, Hirschman came out, the White House counsel, and said, "Uh, yeah, actually, I can confirm that she isn't the one who wrote that note because I'm the one who wrote the note. She claimed that she wrote a note that the White House counsel himself wrote while she was under oath. Claim that. Then she claims, right, there's this story about the Secret Service, President Trump assaulting them, taking control of the presidential limo, right? Not true. Secret Service came out and said, I'd be more than happy to, uh, to testify that that never happened, right? That never actually took place. That's two. Here's number three. She was trying to get a job at Mar-a-Lago after the campaign. Guess what? That didn't pan out. And she was going around. Two Sugars was running around. You want Two Sugars, you better sit down, pour yourself a tall one, right? You might have to go full venti, not just grande, full venti for this one. Because we've got the receipts. Not only were you running around telling people that you were getting a job at Mar-a-Lago, we've even got the receipts of the phone call you made in December of 2020 to Fulton County, Georgia, to ask about the audit and the people conducting the audit. Guess what? Human Events Daily, we've got the readout of that phone call. We know everything that's going on here. So I honestly, I just, I feel bad. I feel bad for someone when I see someone make this. And look, when you come to Washington, D.C., 90% of the people you meet are just like two sugars. And that's both sides of the aisle. You've got people, everybody wants to be someone. Nobody wants to do the work. Everybody just wants to be somebody. And she saw this as a ticket to fame and a ticket to resources. But unfortunately, this is going to be 15 minutes in the spotlight. They're already laughing at her. She's a punchline to half the country. She'll be, you know, some featured guest, CNN, MSNBC, maybe a contributorship, probably not even a book deal at this point. And then what are you going to do for the rest of your life? Ladies and gentlemen, and I have to say this from this perspective too, pay attention to what part of the movie you're in. The latest news out of the world of geopolitics that is shocking the Financial Times, shocking The Economist, is that Iran has now petitioned to join the BRICS nations. We've also seen Argentina taking a move to join the BRICS nations. Do you understand what that means for the fragile state of the U.S. petrodollar and what it means for you? We have already been in a rough year with the Biden printing and spending being catastrophic for the U.S. dollar and our markets. Now, Real Patriots, we know we've been telling you that Bidenflation is the real pandemic and it is about to get worse. 
And that is why I recommend that you diversify with gold. And so you have to do it. You have to go get your gold and silver. Diversify immediately. Just do it. The only company that I recommend is Allegiance Gold. Human Events is partnering with Allegiance Gold to help protect your IRA or 401k with physical gold or silver and have it delivered securely right to your door. Allegiance Gold will educate you on the benefits of physical gold because they care and want to build a long-term relationship. Allegiance Gold has the highest rating from third-party consumer protection agencies, five stars with TrustLink. They are AAA rated, and the Business Consumer Alliance has an A-plus from the Better Business Bureau. You get 500 bucks of free silver on a qualifying purchase when you tell them that Poso sent you. So do not wait. Give them your click today. The link is in the description. It is allegiancegold.com slash Poso. We cannot control the Biden administration and the world spinning out of control, but we can prepare. Allegiancegold.com slash Poso. The link is in the description. I will not be stopped. I will not be stopped. We are the most powerful force in this earth. Rise up! So, on a more serious note, of course, we've been doing the work now, and I I think it's great that this story is finally starting to permeate into the mainstream. People are starting to understand who the Jane's Revenge militants are, what they're about, and that's because of the work of not only us here and the team at Human Events Daily, but also the great people in this audience. You have been moving this ball forward. You've been sharing these stories out with your normie friends. You've been going around, and look, we've seen the wake of Roe v. Wade, right? And even if you are someone who disagrees with the overturning of Roe v. Wade, even if you are someone who vehemently disagrees with just a strong, militantly pro-choice, you have to at least come to this and say, look, I will disagree with you, and I'll see you at the ballot box, right? I'll see you at the ballot box and I'll go out and I'll campaign for candidates that support my view. But you can't condone violence and you can't condone attacks on pro-life centers, on churches, vandalism, graffiti, and firebombing. We now, and I would challenge, I would challenge anyone out there who is on that side from a good faith perspective, I understand there's people, they look at it from the perspective of, hey, these are women's rights, right? This is a right to choose. This is something I believe in. Okay, fine, right? I completely disagree with that because I think what about the rights of the child, the rights of the life that's growing, the other body involved in the equation. But can we at least agree, right? We're not going to agree on that, but can we at least agree that violence is not the answer to our political quarrels? Let's go with that. Let's take the nonviolence pledge. I held an event at the White House in 2017, June of 2017, decrying violence on both sides of the aisle. I said this was an anti-violence rally. We held that, and I challenged anyone on the left to show up. Of course they didn't. So what are we seeing now? Two university professors out of the University of Georgia, of course, Drs. Andrea Swartendruber and Danielle Lampert apparently have created a map with all doxing the entire information of all crisis pregnancy centers operating in the United States, every single one of them, names, locations. And by the way, this is not being done as a resource for people who might genuinely be in need. Right? Keep in mind, these centers are established so that people can get help. So that if you're pregnant, right, and if it's an unplanned pregnancy or if there's an economic situation where people do need help, Right. And that's that's for me. 
as a Catholic and as a member of the new right, where I come in and say, look, you got to love the you love the baby, but you have to love the mother as well. Love them both. Love them both. And that means that you do need to provide for mothers who are single mothers or anyone in one of these situations to be able to help them, to get them the health care they need, and potentially adoption services, if that is a choice that they want to make going forward. These professors aren't doing that. They're posting all of this because as an opportunity for groups like the Puget Sound Anarchists, right, out of Vancouver, Jane's Revenge, the Twin Cities Encampment Responders, the Colorado Springs Anti-Fascists, they're calling it the Night Owls, right? It's simple. They are using this as an excuse to destroy, to attack, to tear down, and to disrupt. And keep in mind, right, there's a great account on Twitter, on Twitter called Mystery Grove Publishing Company, and they had a line the other day that I really like. Communism is a system whereby in ugly and deranged people outlaw it for people to be normal. And they want to stop people militantly from being normal. Everything else in the ideology is just window dressing. I 100% agree with that. That's what communism is. It's about tearing down society, tearing down normalcy. The idea Charlie Kirk was talking recently about natural law. Natural law isn't something that's made up. It's looking at nature, looking at the world the way it is, and then defining the laws of nature, the order of things. A man cannot become a woman, right? It's as simple as that. This is natural law. These groups, these revolutionaries, exist to disrupt that, to usurp it, to destroy it, all in the name of tearing down things that they don't like. But what they're really doing is they're declaring war on normalcy and normal people. And we all have to stop it. I have uh, spent the last 17 years in my own prison for what she, Jeffrey, and all the co-conspirators did to me. I was raped repeatedly. I was raped three times a day sometimes. And I was not the only girl on that island. There was a constant stream of girls being raped over and over and over again. And yes, Ghislaine must die in prison because I've been in hell and back for the last 17 years. And 27 for me. I was 10 years old when Liz Stein was being trafficked. I was 10. That is how long the sex trafficking ring has been going on for. So Ghislaine Maxwell gets 20 years. That's it. 20 years of this sentence. She should be locked away for the rest of her life. What did she do? She was the procurement officer, the recruiter for the Jeffrey Epstein operation. The operation that lured underage women into his web, right, into his web of locations throughout the United States. He had a ranch. He had a mansion in New York. And of course, most infamously, he had his island down in the Caribbean. Why did he bring them in? So that they could groom them and then they could rape them. Underage women. This was being done on an industrial scale. And here's the thing. Everybody knows that it wasn't just Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell that was involved in this. Where is the client list? Why is the client list still? I mean, we know why, right? We know why. That little black book, that client list, what actually happened down on that. It's kind of amazing, right? It's amazing to me that... Our FBI, 
could go and track down every Meemaw, right? And everybody from the Midwest and everybody from Pennsylvania going all the way out to Alaska that showed up on January 6th. They use facial recognition and they're checking, they're digging into the chat groups and they've got federal informants on Facebook and 4chan and everywhere else, right? And they can use the full force of the federal government and the intelligence community to go after this. I was in the intelligence community, believe me. I know what resources the intelligence community and the federal government can bring to bear when they want to get some information, when they want to find somebody, when they want to identify people. So I ask you, if they can do all that for January 6th, why can't they do that for the clients of Jeffrey Epstein? What were the names on those videos that supposedly came out of the mansion and then they disappeared and reappeared? Remember that? Right. Oh, the lawyer said that he just took them because he had to catalog them. Right. Oh, sure. Just we're just going to let them tamper with evidence. No big deal. Right. In the middle of an investigation. When you look at a situation like that and you look at the amount of strings that were pulled, not only for her, but also for him. And you realize, look, Ghislaine, you had an opportunity and you still do, by the way, have the opportunity. Come clean. Come clean. Drop the dime on, they're going to put you away for 20 years, right? She'll be what, her 70s, 80s by the time she comes out? You don't want to do 20 years of hard time. You don't want to do that, Ghislaine. You don't need to. Drop the dime. Come clean about all those names. We have the little black book already. We have the flight logs already. But we know how it works, right, with private planes, with that whole industry. Not every name is going to be written on there. And certainly the activities that were on those planes aren't going to be there. So the cat's out of the bag. The question is, Ghislaine Maxwell, do you, what do you want your part in the story to be? Do you want to go, go down in history as Lady Epstein, as the woman who helped procure these, women, these girls, these underage girls for him for so many years? Or do you want to be the one who found your conscience at the last moment and decided to seek repentance, to seek atonement? You've got 20 years to think about it. Come clean. Let us know so that all of those women that were put through what they were put through can finally get closure and that so the rest of us can understand the implications and shall we say geopolitical implications of who exactly was in this client list for Jeffrey Epstein and how were those videos used? Were they bargaining chips? Was it blackmail? What was going on, Ghislaine? Was this a honeypot operation? Who was running that operation? You tell us. I, I'm just so thankful for everybody that supported me and, and the courts ruling in my favor and all my um, lawyers, everybody. I'm just you know so thankful that it's finally over and it's so awesome. I think it's a great ruling for America that people of faith or no faith Everybody has the same rights, and that's what the you know, Constitution is all about. It's rights for all Americans. On October 23rd, 2015, high school football coach Joseph Kennedy knelt at the 50-yard line and bowed his head for a brief, quiet prayer. The game was over, and Coach Kennedy prayed alone. It was a quiet, reflective moment for the coach to exercise his religious beliefs. The school district objected, informing him that it was unconstitutional. Three days later, after a football game on October 22nd, Coach Kennedy again knelt alone after a game 
to offer a brief prayer as the players engaged in post-game traditions. Some adults joined him on the field after he prayed. That would be his final game. The school district fired him. There's a fantastic article up on Technofog talking about this heinous, absolutely heinous abrogation of civil rights that was conducted at this school. This shouldn't happen to anyone. This shouldn't happen to anyone anywhere. The First Amendment is about the establishment of religion. It is saying that the federal government should not pick and choose which church should be the Church of America, the way that the Anglican Church is the Church of England, right? That is the official church of the state. The First Amendment is there, is enshrined, freedom of, freedom of religion, so that it is not freedom from religion. It does not mean that there has to be separation of church and state. That doesn't exist. That's not in the Constitution. And I'm sorry, Libs, it's not real. There's no such thing as separation of church and state, and there never was. No matter how much you desperately want there to be one, it doesn't exist. You can't just make up stuff and put it into the Constitution anymore. The same way that you thought that abortion was somehow magically in the Constitution because, I don't know, your fairy godmother told you or something. No, it's not there. It's never been there. So you don't get to make up stuff and put it in the Constitution. Separation, church, and state, it's not there. What is there? Freedom of religion. That means the freedom to express your religion, period, full stop. So what does that also mean? The Supreme Court finally came in finally, at long last, and ruled for the rights of this teacher to be able to pray in a school-related event. And keep in mind, this was private. This was not something that it was forced on anyone. What does it also mean, though? Prayer is coming back to schools, and prayer should come back to schools. You know, for a long time, for a long time in this country, if you go look at the actual history of the United States, right? Schools started with a Pledge of Allegiance and a reading from the Holy Bible. That's just fact. In almost every state across the entire country, that's how school started. Why shouldn't we start school like that? That's not the establishment of a religion. That's not forcing religion, right? That's expressing religion. If the teacher chooses, if the school chooses, that's perfectly fine. And the people of that school district can decide that if they want to vote for people on their board that allow for that in their schools, they can do it. You don't have to force everyone in the school, right, to believe it. That's the nature of faith. But if the people of that area want a prayer, we're talking about a prayer, Right? I'm not talking about, like, I went to Catholic school, right? We had, we had mass every week, right? I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a prayer. Bring it back. And that's all the time we have here. Human Events Daily. Remember, as always, our promise, our oath, our solemn vow to you. Be good, be brief, be gone. Your homework from us. Share this out with one, just one of your normie friends, and then leave us your five-star review, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. What do we talk about today? Two sugars. Ah, two sugars. You done messed up. Perjury. Surprise witness testimony immediately debunked. Next, Jane's revenge targeting pregnancy centers using a map created by university professors. Third, Ghislaine Maxwell sentenced to 20 years in prison. Funny, by the way, how the establishment got us talking about two sugars all day yesterday instead of Ghislaine Maxwell. And then finally, the Supreme Court upholding a Christian coach's right to pray at games. Sorry, libs. Prayer in schools. It's coming back. But before we go, 
I want to talk about another Supreme Court case from the 1970s that was wrongfully decided. Now, this one was almost immediately overturned just a couple of years later. But so many of these cases from that court in the 70s, that ridiculous, completely insane, super lib court, right, that revolutionary court are now being overturned and being corrected and bringing us a few steps closer to the America that we once had. It's time for today's history break. Today in 1972, the Supreme Court ruled five to four that capital punishment was a violation of the Eighth Amendment prohibiting cruel and unusual punishment. The decision spared the lives of 600 individuals then sitting on death row. Four years later, in another ruling, the court reversed itself and determined the death penalty was not cruel and unusual punishment. Obviously, there's a long history of the death penalty and capital punishment being used. It is not unusual. It's quite common. On October 4th, 1976, the ban was lifted on death penalty in cases involving murder. So I see a lot of people out there that have this argument and they say, how can you be pro-life and support the death penalty? What I would turn that around and I'd say, capital punishment is pro-life because capital punishment is about the life of the victim. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, you have my permission to lay ashore.